I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. Browns fighting COVID. The Vegas spread, though, is holding steady. It was plus six yesterday for the Browns, up from plus four versus the Steelers, but it hasn't moved since yesterday. Alabama's up to minus eight over Ohio State. Some of the money on Waddle's possible return, some against Ohio State for their fight versus COVID. Devontae Smith wins the Heisman, and we called it. He was 100-1 to before the season. Minus 200 when the voting stopped, and 1,000 minus 1,000 yesterday. The money said Smith, and Smith it was. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. That's right, I'm R.J. live on a Thursday. We got a special Full House episode straight out of Vegas. Live on 225 FSR stations. Live from Las Vegas. Pretty good, Fez. We got Fez in the house. And Maddie Holt. Maddie Holt, who missed yesterday, but... This guy doesn't let you down. Bookies typically let you down. He doesn't because he's not a bookie anymore. <laughs> How you doing, Maddie? Great. Great to be back. Absolutely. And Maddie was a Nevada regulated bookie. Bookmakers, they like to say, on their resumes and at LinkedIn. Now, he took, what did we estimate? Like over $10 billion of, of bets that you were involved in? Uh, probably in that, yeah, about that decade. That's billion right. with a B. With a B, yes. It's pretty strong. Yeah. Faz, you can't compete with that. Who could? Yeah. <laughs> Sports bettors, listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. We're the pros. He's the Joe in L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And, yes, we are now just two days away from Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We've also got some news and notes from the National Championship game. But what is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? I think we have a lot of little indications pro-Rams, positive for the L.A. Rams, and there's a major shift. All half points are not created equal. The Rams were yesterday a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Now they're only a three-point underdog. Let's start there with a preview. Yeah, and we're still waiting to get confirmation as to whether or not Jared Goff will be starting for the Rams. He was seen throwing at practice on Wednesday, but they did get some good news. Andrew Whitworth was activated from injured reserve, and he will be ready to go this Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks. When I think about Goff being seen throwing – I'm thinking about a kid who was like, an, you know, maybe just one or two arsonists, uh, arson investigations around him, and he and he was seen with a with a Zippo lighter after school. <laughs> I'm thinking, ooh, that doesn't sound good, right? I don't know if I want Goff throwing. Let's start there. Is Jared Goff with a hurt thumb, even if he's able to play, but he'll be compromised? 
by some degree, he won't be 100%. Does anyone think he'll be 100%? No. No. Okay. Jared Goff with the pressure on in the playoffs. Jared Goff compromised. Is he better, really, than the backup quarterback? Matt, what do you think? I think he is. I mean, I think you're talking about a quarterback with zero NFL experience, a quarterback who went and played at inferior leagues after graduating from Wake Forest and and wasn't overly successful in any of those. So I think the, the step up to Goff, his experience, the fact that he's led a team to a Super Bowl in the past has to mean something. What's interesting to me about this number, though, is if Jared Goff is back, Whitworth is back, the team's healthy. These teams just played two weeks ago, and this line was one and a half. I think that's why we're seeing everyone eat that three and a half. So the game weeks ago was at Seattle? Yes. yes. And so the theory is these are the same, this is the same game. And I think even if Goff plays, I mean, what do we think? Faz, a point, point and a half, or his hindrance with the thumb? I think more. I think this but is. But how pretty- much do you think he's worth not playing? Three and a half. Okay, and you think the thumb, even if he comes back, is what? And thus, you're saying that golf playing or not is maybe a point or a point and a half. A point and a half, yes. Okay, all right. Jonas, I test perspective of the fan what do you think I think Goff's an upgrade I think they're better off with him starting the game um, Wolford gives you a little bit of athleticism and he can scramble a little bit and you have to come away especially him re- re- responding from that early pick last week and think okay at least he showed something you know worst case scenario we'd be in there's worse backup quarterbacks to have in that spot but I just think they're better off with Jared Goff starting here's a theory uh, for you to disregard <laughs> Completely. Uh. Let me propose the following. Goff is the better quarterback, but the game plan the Rams would likely execute with the backup net-net is a better game for the Rams. So a lesser quarterback with a better game plan, and when I say better, what I expect is a very low variance, very conservative. Let's make this a one-possession Who's going to win the game at the end of the game? It feels like the Rams with the better – I'll say the better coaching, though I'm a – I think, you know, cutting on Pete Carroll's kind of goofy, you know, future Hall of Famer. But I think it's almost like a, a Tomlin. Tomlin's going to go to the Hall of Fame too, but he's not great on the decimal points. He's not great. He's a big-picture guy. And I think Pete Carroll's a big-picture guy. He's an energy guy. They're very similar in a way, it seems like. Pete Carroll and, and Tomlin. And I don't want Tomlin against like Belichick, obviously in the extreme, when it's a, a game of decimal points. The analogy I'd say quickly is people will say the running back's out, who's a good running back, but it helps the team because mm-hmm. they're going to throw more. Even though the, the, the running back being out forces them to throw more and throwing more is better for the team that tends to run the ball because they got a, key, a good running back. This is a situation where the Rams are probably better off not thinking Goff can really do much more than a game manager. Why not just put a game manager in there and that uh, approach to the game net-net helps the Rams? Does anyone think maybe they agree with it? I I think so, especially because Wolford can run the ball. So obviously you can't do that the entire year, but we've seen that when you've got a team and a quarterback gets bought in and suddenly will rush the ball eight, ten times. Boy, is that difficult for the defense to stop that.
I think in, in a game like this, you don't want to have a limited playbook. And the, the playbook is going to be much smaller with Wofford than it is with Jared Goff. And in this situation, the you know, we're saying, well, as long as the Rams keep it one score the whole way and have this great game plan, maybe the low variance is okay with Wofford. But what if they what get down they gonna, 10? Yeah, yeah. What else are they going to get, though? I mean, when you're an underdog on the road, I mean, I know the road doesn't mean a ton this year, seemingly. But in the playoffs— you know, I think it's 538 adds 20% to home field advantage, whatever it is. History tells them it's 20% more valuable in the postseason. Now, this year we're thinking it's a point, so maybe it's 1.2 points, but still, it's a little bit more important, I think. How much of that is the frenzied playoff crowd, though? Uh, well, the theory is if the. So you're saying if there is an increase of home field advantage, it's going to come from the part of the home field advantage that's related to the crowd, and that's this year it may not be. Yes. I'm yeah. not even sure that it matters if we're talking point two points, right? Yeah. Agreed. So, I, I know this. I think it hurts the Browns. When the Browns have lost 17 straight games in Pittsburgh, you can't walk into that building and be th- feeling optimistic. But that's not the case in this Rams game. No, true. But I'm saying I think as we look at each, you know, each of these matchups are slightly different. And obviously sure. Lambeau next week is going to be meaningful because of the slick grass. So, yeah, I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. So, Fez, we were looking at the total in this game. We were looking at the under. Any adjustment? There hasn't been. Now, this is interesting. So, nothing but good news for the Ram offense. Yeah, so wide receiver Cooper Cup activated left tackle Whitworth key player key loss and they lost that I him I think the game before they played Tampa and uh and ever since the Rams have not had their best lineman he's back this week and then Goff being the third piece of the puzzle why the lines drop from three and a half to three with him seemingly healthier but lo and behold, the total should go up, it would seem, at least at half point. And it has not. It has stayed at 42 and a half. And I think that that's just a confirmation that the under was really strong. And it, I think the total would have kept dropping. And now with this news, it's stabilized at 42 and a half. How do we know that, though? We don't. So why are you saying it? Just my personal opinion. But, but what you're saying is your personal opinion is what? Like, say your personal opinion again. That the under was super, super strong. Uh, I, but, but that wouldn't, I don't know what super strong means, mm. right? The under could be that the bookies, the bookmakers themselves have a strong bias towards it where they like the under, or it could be that the action has been coming in on the under. What, what do you mean by strong? That it was the right side and that money. But would who's who's to assessing back it? that it's the right? So you, but it doesn't matter that it's the right side, it's that money's coming in. Yes. Okay. So you're saying that two things happened at once. Money kept coming in on the under, and at the same time, some news came out that was positive of the over. One, the money would have brought it down a half a point. The news would have brought it up a half a point. Let me do the math real quick. That's even. Yes. Okay. And that line right now is at over under 42 and a half. 42 and a half. Maddie, what do you think on this total? I'm a little nervous about this total because I think both of these teams could be prone to turnovers. That that defense of the Rams is so good in Seattle. Oh, like, with the conservative low variance game plan. <laughs> I guess not. But I don't know that that's what they're going to do. 
I hope they do because I kind of like it. What do you got, Jonas? Well, you guys talked about uh, where the line is at, and it actually we just saw a little bit of an adjustment on pregame.com. The line now sits at Seattle minus three, minus one fifteen. So that just changed in the past couple of moments. Meaning, I, I would assume that more money, a little bit of money, has come in on Seattle. Yeah, and we'll, last thing on the segment is typically lines move a half a point in the NFL and NBA and college football and college basketball. Three becomes three and a half, becomes four, four and a half, five, et cetera. Okay. Three is such a key number. Now, what does key mean? Key means that it's a margin of victory more than any other number. Think about it. 17, 14, et cetera. These days, 30, 27. Okay. So they don't want to move that full half point from three to three and a half because it's worth about 20 cents. Now, a move from five to five and a half is worth about six cents, right? So the move of three off of three is like three times plus more important than a move from five to five and a half. Would you agree with that, Fed? I would, yes. Okay. Thus, they don't, if they think there's a little smidge, as Jonas said, and it was very savvy, of money on the Seattle Seahawks, they're not going to go to three and a half again. They're going to go up a little bit and make you lay 115 instead of the typical 110. So there are two ways they can adjust the line. One is the lay price. The other is the spread. And if you think about what a money line is, a money line is just a lay price without a spread. The spread is pick them. Pretty good at that, Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. But I would have never been a good teacher. Because if I was in a classroom right now and someone started asking me questions, I'd be like, Jesus, it's obvious. And I'd storm out. <laughs> but luckily, I'm just going to break. When we come back, we're going to continue with our rundown of the games. Usually, we're more, you know, we're not a full rundown show, but man, these, there's six of them. We got to go through all of them. We went through some yesterday. And when I say we got to, I mean, we love doing it. This is what it's all about when we come back. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments from now, we will continue to take a look at Super Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. We're finally going to be getting to the Bears and Saints. Maddie Holt's a big believer in the Bears. We'll see if it continues this week. I think, is it true? Do you have a bobblehead? Of Mitchell Trubisky? No, but I got one for Josh Allen right under the IOU or Fez. <laughs> 30 to 1 for 200 on the Bills. <laughs> so $6,000. Let, yeah. let me see if I got it straight. Come on, baby, $80,000. But really, 6000 6000 Now, did you hear about our bat? No. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you which side we're on, and you can tell me which side you like. Okay. Okay. And one, there's one side that has the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. To win the Super Bowl? To win the Super Bowl. Okay. The other side has the Green Bay Packers, the Buffalo Bills, and is plus 135. Uh, I like the Buffalo Green Bay plus 135 side. Thank you. 
RJ, RJ. You're still RJ. doing it? As my liability grows <laughs> larger What are you going to do when the larger. Bills win the Super Bowl? Disappear? Well, go out on the lamb? <laughs> it's like in two for the money. Yeah. We're going to give a money-back guarantee. If it wins, we're in business. If not, we're gone. Yeah. The phone lines are disconnected. <laughs> Here's what happened, though. I position the bet. I get to pick any two teams. He gets the Chiefs. I get any two. Then I started thinking, he's got so much exposure on the Bills that maybe he'd give me like plus 145 not to pick the Bills. Because <laughs> I think the Saints yeah. would have been right there. But he's like, no, I, I don't care if you take the Bills. Which I know was him false bravado, so I took the Bills. <laughs> you didn't want me to take the Bills, did you? You know, I had a dream... <laughs> Like the day after the Super Bowl. It had nothing to do with the bets we've been making. That's, <laughs> a, that's a nightmare. 9 a.m., like the day after the Super Bowl, it's like you guys are knocking on my door. It's like, it's like sure, Maddie sure. said you, you're going to get out of town just like James Conn and the gambler, <laughs> but you were too smart for that. I knew you'd stick around and pay up. Furio's at the door with his ponytail. <laughs> so, Jonas, who do you like in that bet? You like the Bills and. Um, uh, who? Oh, Green Bay Packers, Bills and Packers, and a thousand wins a thousand for Fez if Kansas City wins. Yeah, and a thousand wins thirteen fifty, and the two teams. I'll take Bills Packers. I mean, historically, it's been a long time since a number one seed hasn't gone to the Super Bowl. I think it's been since 2013, maybe, if I'm not mistaken. So at least one number one seed is going to get there. The fact that you got the Bills, who are the hottest team in the NFL, and the other number one seed opposite of Kansas City, I love that bet. Yeah, and and plus there's a chance that I could have both teams in the Super Bowl, and it's just going to be two weeks of harassment. (laughs) I mean, imagine how great that would be. Now, you missed it, Matt, and we'll talk about it after the next, you know, sometime after the half hour. I beat Fez out of $1,000 in a minute. Like literally, we I opened my mouth to spring the trap. A minute later, I had 1000 in my pocket last week. He cross-bet you for 1000 on it, too. Oh, he did? <laughs> what? <laughs> nice. All right. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled last year plus. Thank you so much for the support. We're going to keep beating Fez and make this the best football season yet. Right here on the strip, 58 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, on Sunday, the New Orleans Saints, the two seed in the NFC wildcard playoff weekend, will be playing host to the Chicago Bears. And right now on pregame.com, New Orleans is a 10.5 point favorite. So, Fez, Drew Brees, season started. A lot of people, Matty Holt was one of them. He was saying, noodle arm. Drew Brees is a noodle arm. I said, I'm not a scout. I'm going to look at the stats. And Drew Brees is the second-best quarterback over the last two years, and it's not even close. It's been Patrick Mahomes, then Drew Brees. Deshaun Watson's good, maybe. He's not even close in those two years. And go down the list. Dak, whoever you want to put on the list. But you get old at some point. At some point, you hit the wall, as they say. Matt thought that was the case. A lot of people did. I think the majority did in the media. Some of us were, you know, still holding out hope. I guess you could call us the ones that were correct. Where's your head at right now with Drew Brees? And obviously, Matt, there's a adjustment off of Drew Brees off this injury because clearly versus Kansas City, he was still hobbled, looked a little better, 
but not as much as you might think from the scoreboard since. What do you think? I certainly don't think he's 100%. Um, Historically, it's helped him playing at home. Obviously, you know, the aging quarterback in the cold weather doesn't help. But this should be an advantageous situation. The problem is they've utilized Alvin Kamara, who's been so amazing since his return from the injury. Kamara obviously expected to play and, you know, make it through the COVID protocol. This would be like the 10th day, then he's able to play. Still has to get through the positive, I mean, the negative test. He has to have the negative test now. But, um, Man, I'll tell you, I'm not sure about Drew Brees. I just think they started to utilize one of the best weapons in football, Alvin Kamara more. I was hoping you'd want to bet me that Kamara wasn't going to be able to play <laughs> because of our COVID bet we had. Yeah. You know what's funny? This is the truth, Jonas. We were doing that this on the podcast, the Dream Preview, and uh, that's a deep dive we do, and it's up there. And, the, you know, you can actually get the Straight Out of Vegas podcast just search straight out of Vegas for R.J. Bell, and you can get the dream preview same way with R.J. Bell. And I just had – I was on Boston Radio earlier that day maybe or the week before, and they were telling me that Cam Newton – this was when Cam was on the COVID – could play that upcoming Sunday. And it didn't make any sense to me. They explained it. I came in and tried to bet – you know, started betting these guys. We only bet 100 each. Here's what's funny. Now, Matt does not take losing well at all. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll pay you, but I'm calling the league office tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm going to check on this. So, I mean, and then next week he walks in, doesn't have a note, not a peep out of him. You know what that means. <laughs> I like a guy that doesn't lose gracefully, right? I mean, I don't know gracefully is fine, but I want you to fight whenever. If, it's, if you have a chance to still win, I like someone that keeps fighting. You know, I'm. Uh, I mean, geez, I guess I, it, this seems like it's an intimation to the election. It's not at all. I'm talking about sports. And to me, one of the plays that made Tom Brady the goat. If if I was telling like Tom Brady stories, I would tell the play that was the last play of the game when they were undefeated against the Giants. They were on their own 25 yard line. They were down. What was it? Four or whatever. And there was like 12 seconds left. Randy Moss was on that team. He ran a streak down the left side. Brady threw it about 65 yards in the air, and literally it went off his fingertips. You remember that play? On like the 30 of the Giants, if he would have caught that ball, he would have went out of bounds, they would have kicked a field goal, and it would have been insane. And the only way they had a chance, maybe it was 1-200, in was Brady was totally laser beam focused. And you know what? The same trait is what allowed him to win the Atlanta Super Bowl. When everything seemed futile, everything seemed lost, he still was focused. Yeah, how many good quarterbacks down 3-28 to would say, you know what? You know, you just see Peyton Manning like shaking his head, this wasn't my day today, you know? Jared Goff, oh. he would have a look of real consternation, I think, on his face. When things aren't going well, Goff doesn't exactly have good facial um, appearances. No, does he? he's kind of got the Jay Cutler thing going on a little bit. But, you know, that's such a paradox, though, because on one hand, you don't want someone that takes bad things easily. Like Bobby Knight kicking over stuff. You're like, he cares. He cares. But if Goff is, like, mad, we're being critical of him. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, Belichick was throwing the headsets, and people are like, he's still got the fire in the belly. That's good. So I, I don't know how that goes. Jonas, what's your thoughts on Drew Brees specifically and this game in general? 
I just wonder about the playoff history of the Saints. I think this is clearly his last run. I think he's done after this season. And we've just seen this team historically invent new ways to lose games and playoff games, and especially playoff games at home. The last two, the Rams, the the Vikings last year, Kirk Cousins. Um, I think that they're a little flawed, and I'm curious to see how they perform in the Superdome with only 2,000 fans there because you got Sean Payton saying that he was trying to advocate for them to put 50,000 fans there, which maybe is him acknowledging they need whatever help they can get at home. Okay, so you said, I think this team is flawed. Yes. We're talking, obviously, about the Saints. Are they flawed in general, or are they flawed in the playoff environment, in the playoff context? I think they're flawed in the playoff context, and I also think Drew Brees is a flawed quarterback at this point in his career. Okay, so let's talk about the team in general. Matt's like shaking his head, yep, yep, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you you like, where are you at with Brees specifically at this point? I mean, he might not be 100%. But do you think he's a detri- a negative for the team? Is he like where's he rank amongst the uh, what do we got? We got fourteen quarterbacks now, right? In the playoffs, where's he rank amongst the fourteen? Uh, I mean, is he better than middle of the pack? Yeah, no, he's middle of the pack. I was gonna say like seven. Okay, okay. So, forgetting Breeze for a second, Jonas, what do you see as? The flaw, like, can you express it in words? Just in watching him, it's clear that he can't get the ball downfield. They're not an explosive offense. They're more of a got to pick up, you know, yards here, yards there. Um, Alvin Kamara with that six touchdown performance, it wasn't like Drew Brees was responsible for all those fifty whatever points they put up on Christmas Day. I think it was against the Vikings. That was more of the Alvin Kamara going off for six touchdowns. And I just feel like this is not a team that if they need to get you a bunch of points in a hurry that that's the way they're going to play football. Now, I think Sean Payton knows it. I think if you just watch Drew Brees, the way he moves the ball down the field, we've seen remnants of it or examples of it rather late in the season where he shows the arm fatigue. And in just watching them, especially this season, it's clear to me that they don't have the ability to stretch the field like they once did back in the day. Let me pose this. What is the purpose of having strong characteristics in the NFL on offense. And let's say strong characteristics is a great offensive line, a quarterback that can throw downfield, a quarterback that can scramble. Think of like the six, seven, eight, a running back that can run, a running back that can catch. All the things you want on an offense. The ultimate goal is when you aggregate those things in a 60-minute game, you score points. I don't really care how a team scores points if they're able consistently over a 16-game season to score points. How's the Saints in point scoring? Or Let's look at football outsiders, Fez. Where's the Saints offense? Number seven. Okay. So I guess my question is, Jonas, do you believe that number seven offense can't win the Super Bowl or is you know flawed in a way that makes it hard to win the Super Bowl? Or do you believe there's something about that seven that, that isn't really true? I think they can absolutely win a Super Bowl. Um, I just think the strength of this team is more so defensively than it is offensively. And I, and I just wonder if the defense has an off game, do they have the type of offense with Drew Brees at this point in time where they're able to come back and, and win these games? And it's got a little – it's not 
as drastic because I don't think he's fallen off as much, but it's got a little bit of a 2016 Denver Broncos feel to where they're mm. going to win, but it's clear the quarterback has seen better days and they've got to win a specific type. Do me a favor, Fez. Look up QBR for Peyton Manning his last year and look up um, uh, Drew Brees' current QBR. And, and, he, and he's, Brees is number six for right, the year. So Brees is number six right now. Let's see where Peyton Manning was. Matty Holt, you got something. I like the Bears plus 10 in this spot. And to me, it's all about the Bears offense. You know, ever since Mitchell Trubisky came back and they gave him more freedom to kind of make some calls and adjustments at the line himself, he's he's had over 70% completions in four of the last five games. And the Chicago Bears offense has scored over 30 points. An offense that was anemic all year has scored over 30 points in four of their last five games to end the season. So I like what I'm seeing from the Chicago Bears offense, you know, the second half of the season. And I think if nothing else, when you have an offense that's on fire, that's playing really well, and you're catching 10 points, even if you're stuck 14 late, that back door is going to be wide open. Total in this game, Saints-Bears is only 47. So getting 10 points with a below average points total average is about 49 at this point regular season postseason totals are always a little yeah it's a good point so this is let's call it average yeah and what i'm saying is it'd be getting double digits with an only an average number of points expected and in a way it doesn't matter if it's average or not if it's because really it's just a math of 47 is expected for whatever reason you're getting ten. Yeah, there's not a much margin uh, for error to for the game to stay under and for you to lose. Though it can happen, obviously. If you like the Bears, do you like the under with it? Is it correlated in your mind? No, to me it's not because again, because of the offensive about efficiency, the, the last five weeks, especially for the last five weeks prior to the Green Bay game, I think again they could be down fourteen late, and they're going to. I in you know, there's forty five seconds left to score. They need to go fifty yards for a touchdown to backdoor it. I think they have the offense to do it right now. Okay, so next we're going to do this. I'm going to pose to Maddie, and I'm going to give him a minute to think about it. A lot of people are going to say strength of schedule is why the Bears have looked so good, the defenses they've played. Also, we're going to get Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. So wrapping up Drew Brees and the Saints, Fez, the comparison was made. Hey, Breeze looks to be dropping off. He's got the name, but he doesn't necessarily have the performance. His QBR, though, this year, a very respected ranking of quarterbacks, is number six. And Peyton Manning, his final season, Super Bowl winning season? 28th. Ooh. So it's interesting, Jonas. Your eyes are telling you it's similar. Stats are saying otherwise. I think this Sean Payton's in that rarefied air. That he can do things, it can look bad in a way. Though when I hear you say, you know, Kamara with six touchdowns, it's like that seems like a great way to, you know, yeah. to score. No, I, I mean, listen, I think they're a Super Bowl contender, no doubt about it. It's why they had the season that they had. I'm just saying for my money, it's not, and like I said, it's not as drastic as a drop-off as Peyton Manning where it was so obvious, but I do think you watch Drew Brees and it's clear that he's nowhere close to the same player that he was. And I'll go down 
to my grave saying Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl. I still remember that third and seven. He threw to the left, and it was a pass that you know maybe two guys in the league would have made, and he was able to make it. And I, I think Alex Smith, and with his uh, cadence and getting the offsides from the Eagles, the savvy guys. You know, it's almost like uh, Kevin Costner and Tin Cup or, you know, Louis Tion or who is Gaylord Perry? Little Vaseline (laughs) here and there, you know, but you need to do it. Closing thoughts on that one, Vest. I think that's a great example of what Alex Smith did because that doesn't help his QBR at all to draw a team off sides. It it won the game. All right. So, Matty Holt, you like the Bears plus 10. I'm questioning the strength of the defenses they faced during this renaissance. What do you say? And that's fine. I think we can always, you know, we only have the game since Mitchell Trubisky started again. So we have something fundamentally changed for the Bears. Not only did they go back to Mitchell Trubisky, but they said, hey, Mitchell, we're going to give you more freedom to make audibles and make adjustments at the line according to what you're seeing. At that point, the Bears thought their season might kind of be slipping away from them. And it's worked. So regardless of the strength of schedule, you know, we have to we can only look at the results. Okay, Matty Holt with the Bears as a pick. When we come back, we're going to look at the national championship game, get an update there. We're going to talk a little bit about Hurts getting benched. We haven't gotten Matty Holt's opinion yet. And we'll get to one more NFL preview. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, we have a playoff rematch to kick off Sunday's wildcard games in the NFL. It's the Ravens at the Titans. We're right now on pregame.com. Baltimore's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. In the college academia theories of what we do as sports batters, it's called games with imperfect information. Chess, for example, is a game of perfect information. You know exactly the pieces the other player has, and now can you strategically make the next move? Fez was on some kind of Pan-American chess team at Northwestern. Now, you know, Northwestern, eh, but still. But then as a freshman, you made like the some, what was it called? We Pan American game sixth place. Yes. And no, I didn't ask what place you got. I said <laughs> where did you where did you participate? It was the Toronto. Pan, the Pan American game. Yes. Except isn't that where Carl Lewis ran? I keep <laughs> yeah. I keep getting confused about this. But anyway, you ended up getting sixth place. How many participants were there? There were like sixty two different teams. Okay. Sixty two different teams and Northwestern got sixth place. You didn't yes. get sixth place. No. But you were a freshman. Yes. So you must have had like a blazing career after like sophomore, uh, junior, senior. How'd you do? I quit. Hmm. Okay. So, and it was to do what? To make sure I got good grades in chemistry and math. That's not what it was. Remember, you met the guy who lifted weights and he taught you how to lift weights, and you thought he'd be like the Charles Atlas in the back. Of the, right or wrong? I was going to Pat and Jim with Bruce McDonald. Yep. There, there it is. I mean, <laughs> listen, he's married, but still. Suspicious. Okay, we're straight out of Vegas. Here's what I know about imperfect information. 
I've got to decide if the chances are greater than zero. And we got two decisions. One, the Saints' struggles in the playoffs. Is that random? Or is there something about this team that they choke? Or is there something about this team like the Milwaukee Bucks? They're just not built for playoff football. I don't feel that. I don't see it. But when it happens multiple times, you've got to wonder there's a chance greater than zero. The other chance greater than zero is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson struggles in the playoffs so far. 0-2 straight up. His QBR has been the worst for anyone that started two playoff games since QBR started, like in 2006, I think. Of all the quarterbacks that have two or more playoff starts, Lamar Jackson has the lowest QBR. Wow. 0-2 straight up. And in general, the Ravens are bullies when they can be, and they don't rise to the level of competition when they meet peers. So in games which they're favored by more than a field goal, 24-4 and straight up under Lamar Jackson, when they're a field goal favorite or less, which means maybe underdog, maybe favored by one, two, or three, six and five. Now, you're supposed to win the easy games more than the harder games, but six and five means you're an average good team. 24 and four means you're the best team in football, even if it's against crappy teams, but they beat up crappy teams. I think... Even if we don't say Lamar has a playoff problem, which I think he does, I think anyone that looks at these last five games, and by the way, the Ravens have run for the most yards in NFL history in any five-game stretch. There's never been five games in which a team's run for more yards than the Ravens have the last five. Offense is back. I don't think so. I don't think so. The competition there, so bad. And the Ravens have such a history of dominating that type of competition. Yeah, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Dallas. And here's bottom line. These defenses are so bad, they just can't stop that one-dimensional attack. And and undisciplined defenses, too, which is tough. Mm -hmm. Real quick, does anyone, between the Lamar and the Saints, who feels the strongest, either pro or con, that there's something there? It feels stronger that Lamar's there. That as the, that there's a problem. Yeah, that as the competition steps up, he's not able to adapt. Let's take a gander at the national championship game. Yeah, and it is the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Alabama Crimson Tide. There's been some concerns about the game getting postponed, RJ, between Alabama and Ohio State because of some COVID rumors out there about Ohio State. But as it stands right now, the game is on. It's on for Monday, and Alabama's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite on pregame.com. I'm not concerned as a alum of the Ohio State University. I think they should take a month off. Let's get everyone <laughs> healthy and let's see who's the best. And by the way, with uh, Sarkeesian going down to Texas, it'd be nice. He, maybe he'll have to miss another week of recruiting. I don't think it's a problem at all. Matty Holt, U.S. Integrity, former bookmaker, usintegrity.com now. He's becoming almost like the arbiter of right and wrong in the industry. That's why I keep buying him, you know, snacks and crackers. 
You've got an interesting take on Alabama and their injury situation. Yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about the Ohio State COVID situation and the big hit that that Fields took for Ohio State against Clemson. But I actually think the most interesting take from an injury perspective is Alabama's missing starting center. Their last two games, they failed to cover both. We talked about that big historic cover run they were on. They didn't cover against Florida in the SEC championship. They didn't cover against Notre Dame. Notre Dame was able to get a little pressure. I'm worried Ohio State. State might be able to get pressure uh, with you know with the new starting center. Once again, nothing to worry about. That would be a good thing. We don't need Alabama dominating. Let's spread the wealth. Ohio State hasn't won it. Well, what's it been six years? <laughs> Steelers haven't won it. My other team for ten. I mean, it's time for me to get another title. Is what I'm thinking right now. All right. So we'll be talking about that game tomorrow. And obviously looking at all of the NFL games for the weekend. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. Just search straight out of Vegas. We are back tomorrow for a full preview on all six wildcard games in the NFL. That's 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern time right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 